song of all Christmas songs that Mary sang when the Holy Spirit quickened her heart in realizing what was happening. What an incredible event in her life. And there she was uh, visiting her cousin uh, Elizabeth, who was also uh, expecting a child. And as Mary goes to see her, and uh, she's got lots of questions, lots of concerns, lots of uncertainties. And God had prepared this special event to confirm what God was doing in Mary's life. How many of you know that God gives confirmation of his will and his purpose? And it's so very important for us to know that. Know this, God wants us to know his will more than we want to know it. And it's something that grows and builds as we continue to, to seek him. And, you know, some Christians talk about God's will like it's almost like they want it's fortune telling. They're trying to guess. They're trying looking for a sign, this or that. Trust me, God knows us and how to shepherd us into his perfect will. And if we're willing to listen, if we're willing to obey, if we let him speak to us through his word and through his spirit and through our circumstances, he confirms. I've had some tough decisions to make in life about God's will from time to time. How about you? And there's something I've always noticed, that if I will wait for God to give overwhelming guidance, I'm never disappointed. Do you hear what I said? Don't have to guess, don't have to wonder, but to trust God for his overwhelming guidance. And why is that? He loves us enough to show us the way and keep us on the path. And so it is here with Mary. The next confirmation as she visits Elizabeth and Verse 39, let's begin reading there. It gives us the, the context. At that time, Mary got ready, hurried down to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And who was that? That's John the Baptist, baby John. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you bear. Now, don't you know that was a confirmation for Mary? She's just entering the door, and Elizabeth, her dear beloved cousin, speaks the word of God, an affirmation, a confirmation of what Mary already knew. Verse 43. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. The blessing the blessing of hearing from God. The blessing of knowing that God's purpose is being manifested through us. The blessing of knowing that what God has promised 
will indeed be accomplished. That sounds like faith to me. How about you? That's faith. That's faith to face our circumstances and know that God has a purpose. God speaks to us in such a way that uh, he really cuts through the darkness and the confusion and shows us what we need to know to take the next step. And that's certainly what happened on this day. And here, Mary, who responds to what Elizabeth has said, her heart is just full of the glory of God. That's what the scripture says. Her heart was full of the glory of God. And so here, she's about to utter this exuberant song of praise, which was the first Christmas carol. The first Christmas song. And don't you know that all of our Christmas music needs to be, uh, we need to consider all of our music based on that first song. Don't you agree? Don't you know that there's a lot of silly Christmas music out there? That's fine. That's, that's festive. But oh my goodness, what Mary sang that day was so important, so significant, such a uh, uh, such an important moment in history, we need to take note. And so here it is. Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, <clears throat> but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he has said to our fathers. Wow, that's a big song, a big prayer for a little girl. Fifteen-year-old girl, a child. As uh, she was caught up, swept up in the divine purpose of God. Isn't it amazing how God used this young woman? And by the way, let me say that I think we need to, to really keep Mary in right perspective and rightful place in terms of God's divine purpose and story. And can I say this? That sometimes in the history of the church, Mary has been given too much glory, too much credit. And other parts of the church, not enough glory or credit. We need to stick with the scripture and see who she was, how God used her, and the incredible character that she had to be faithful and obedient in a very difficult and uh, challenging time. And uh, Mary, a very, very important part of the Christmas story. And as she sang this song, gave hope to all generations. 
Well, I love Christmas music, and I have to say that uh, the old Christmas carols and hymns are my favorites. What's your favorite Christmas song? Oh, Holy Night, I'm with you. Was that Wendell that said that? Silent Night, Joy to the World. Wonderful, wonderful songs. Do you know what the ten most popular Christmas songs in America are today? Guess what? None of, the, none of the above. This is number one. All I want for Christmas is you. Mariah Carey. Last Christmas by Wham. I don't even know what that is. Do you know what that is? <laughs> Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. Merry Christmas, everyone, by Shaken Stevens. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I like that one okay. Andy Williams. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, Michael Bube. Holly Jolly Christmas, Burl Ives. Feliz Navidad, Jose Feliciano. And Jingle Bells Rock by Bobby Helms, is it? Anyway, <laughs> favorite, most popular Christmas song. Give me Holy Night. Give me Joy to the World. Give me Silent Night. Give me the songs that tell the story of the incredible, the incredible birth of our Savior, the beauty, the glory, the integrity of that. And you know, that, uh, that music, that story, that, so that song has such power. I was reading about, uh, <clears throat> about uh, Travis Tritt, the country and western singer. Do you know who he is? Well, he tells the story of when he first started out to, to travel and tour and sing. He was going to a lot of rough bars and honky-tonks, and he said every once in a while a, a fight would start to break out. And he said, he didn't, it didn't matter if it was uh, in December or July. He said he learned if he would go to the microphone and start singing Silent Night, it calmed everyone down. He said they're reaching for their, uh, their pool cues and their chairs to throw and their beer bottles to break. And he said, Silent Night would bring grown men to tears even in a barroom brawl. And I thought, you know what? I'm not surprised. The power of that message, that power of that song, <clears throat> how wonderful it is to know. And uh, this, uh, this message, this song, this truth, is something that we as believers can, can truly manifest and share in a powerful way. Let's, uh, let's look at Mary's song and think about what we learn from it regarding Christmas. First of all, I want you to see that <clears throat> this is a song of integrity. Integrity. This young woman, though 15 years of age, truly had integrity. You know, people uh, marvel at how uh, Joseph when he learned that his wife was expecting and she was saying that 
God had given her this child, what's the main reason that he believed that? I believe he knew Mary. He knew her, her character. He knew her integrity. He knew she could not lie. He believed that what she was saying was true. Now, God stepped in to convince him <laughs> in various ways, of course. But don't you know that it was her integrity, her character, growing up in a home of faith, knowing the traditions of God's people, knowing the promise of the Messiah, knowing that she was chosen? Oh, my goodness. The integrity of her witness and her ability to sing this because her line, her, her, her life had lined up with the purposes of God. Not only the integrity of Mary, but the integrity of Israel and their history as God's people. And how she was saying what God had been revealing in Israel's history all along. And so, as Jesus was promising, or as God was pr promising a Messiah in each generation looked forward to the coming of that Messiah. We see the integrity of this people being prepared, looking forward to a Messiah. Second thing I want us to notice about this song is that it is a song of Scripture. You know, there are many references to Scriptures in this song that we might overlook. Let me give you a list of the psalms that are, that are mentioned or quoted in various phrases. Psalm 34, Psalm 138, Psalm 71, Psalm 103, Psalm 98, Psalm 132. All of these psalms which were in Mary's heart and in her mind. And as she expressed what God was doing, God confirmed through her, through her voice, his word, and his dealings in what was happening. We also see a similarity between what's happening here and what happened with Hannah, who was promised a child, and that child was delivered through very special circumstances in Israel's history. And that was truly a prophetic event when Samuel was born that really gave a, an indication of God's purpose and, his, and how he would bring this about when he brought the Savior uh, into this world. And so she was filled with Scripture. And by the way, don't you think it's important for us to have our lives filled with Scripture and to fill our children with Scripture? You know, I grew up when uh, memorizing Bible verses was important. I almost never hear of it uh, anymore. To memorize the Scripture and for our children to memorize the Scripture. And it certainly has been part of the, the tradition of Israel and the Hebrew people to train their children this way. And something which perhaps is too neglected in the life of the church today. Well, don't you know that Mary, as a young child, all of the Word of God that was in her heart lined up with what God was telling her, and she knew that she knew that she knew 
And so the scripture just tumbled out in her praise as she sung this song. Third thing I want you to notice about this song is the humility of Mary, the humility of this servant that God was bringing into this world to save us. You know, uh, Mary was not well-educated. She was not wealthy. She wasn't of high position. She was a very common person. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said, God must have loved common people because he made so many of them. In our culture, we often overlook the common person. God never does. And God can accomplish great historic things through someone who would be totally neglected, totally missed, totally overlooked in terms of their potential importance. He chooses this young, humble woman, and he trusts her with the great responsibility of bringing the Savior into the world. And not only was she humble, but her child, the the chosen one, the Messiah, would come about in the humility of of childbirth and uh, and childhood in this humble uh, Jewish home. And we see there was hope for the world. We can all identify with what was happening here. This uh, humility. God has considered, as the scripture says, the humble estate of his servant. The fourth thing I want you to see is this is really a song of hope. Hope, the fulfillment of the promise to God's people regarding the coming of a Savior. And hope is uh, something pretty important for us to have. Uh, Michael was sharing this with me about in his struggle with his sickness. You know, God has given him such incredible confidence that God's going to see him. That's the gift of hope. Isn't it wonderful that God gives us a hope to match the trial that we're facing, the gift of hope, to see beyond to trust, to know, what a wonderful gift. And so he gave it uh, to Mary. And it had, all, it had everything to do with the hope that Abraham had when God called him out to a new place and promised that through his lineage that a Savior would come and that hope that carried on from generation to generation. And here it is in Mary's heart and in our hearts. We really need to see Christmas as a season of hope, a season of hope, as dark as it may be, as challenging as our circumstances. We know that God has an answer, and he will provide that answer in due time. You know, we're living in a world and a culture where so many people have lost hope. And I, I, just must, uh, I just must mention the problem and the, the challenge that we have. Every Christmas, I'm concerned about uh, people who act destructively. And uh, I have to say it, the, did you know that the suicide rate goes up during the holiday season? How sad as people are feeling uh, lonely 
and uh, trouble. They come to the end of the year. You know, it's, it's hope. It's hope in God and his purpose that will get us through the darkest of times. And if nothing else, Christmas needs to be about hope. The fifth thing I want us to see about her song is that it's a song of, of triumph and it's a song of redemption. Triumph. As God's purpose is to bring justice, to bring peace on earth, to bring down those that are high and mighty and to lift up those that are humble and uh, trusting him. You know, as you read this, you realize God has a plan to turn this world upside down. I was reading where in some countries where there is strong government control, they have to be careful in reading this song because it sounds so revolutionary. The statements made regarding how God is going to bring down those who have power and lift up, raise up those who are powerless. How many of you know that the gospel is the most radical message that has ever come in the history of the world? Absolutely. But it's a change that leads to righteousness and good and to the kingdom of God. And this message is upsetting to who? To those who have the power. To those who are in position. They want to hang on to their positions. It's a message of hope for those who, who need help. Those who feel forgotten. That have been marginalized. Those who have no place in this society. In this world. No recognition. But we know that God will lift them up. And think of it this way. It looks like God's plan to turn the world upside down, but really it's to turn it right side up. Because the world is upside down because of sin. And without God, what we think is right may be wrong. What we think is wrong may be right. When it comes to preserving our, our power and our position. And so, what's Mary saying? God is going to make things right. He's going to turn this world right side up through his plan of sending a Messiah. We can be so very grateful that that plan is in place and that we here, you know, so many centuries later are, are living that promise and seeing that plan in such a glorious way. So, let me uh, just make a couple of applications and then uh, we'll finish up this morning. The song of Christmas, is a, it's the greatest song that's ever been sung. That song is in our hearts. That's a song that we can sing like Mary, with integrity and with scripture and with humility and with hope and in victory. And so... Let's sing the Christmas song in the right spirit. And yes, we can enjoy uh, the activities of the, of the holidays and all of the festive things that take place. But the great purpose, God's purpose behind it all has never changed. And that's what we need to sing about. That's what we need to share. 
That's what we need to believe. And so whatever your favorite Christmas song, and uh, I, uh, to sing it, to sing it with the same integrity and the same joy that Mary had that first day when she expressed it, it's our privilege. It's by the Holy Spirit that we can do just that. Lord, we do thank you for this song, which is timeless, this song about how you planned to save us all and to save the whole world through the simple gift of your Son. Help us this morning to draw near to you. Help us to enter into the fullness of your purpose and your promise. Help us, O oh God, to sing this song with the same integrity that Mary had as we realize that we're in a world that does not understand, does not appreciate what this really means. Help us this morning, O oh God. Lord, we just want to rededicate ourselves to you at the beginning of this Christmas season. Lord, we want to have a good Christmas, and that means putting you first. That means sharing you with others. That means living this gospel that we know is true. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name.